0: Welcome to The Bind Time with Melanie Boldick. Today's guest is James King. Welcome, James.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm well. How are you?
1: Amazing. And oh, it's wonderful.
0: only. And you are, uh, where, where are you calling from?
1: San Diego, California. Okay.
0: And is that home?
1: That is, it's home for now. I mean, All I'm right. originally from New York City and I've crisscrossed the country and been around the world, but currently living in San Diego, California.
0: Right. And I've never made it to San Diego. When I lived in Phoenix many years ago, I kept trying to get to San Diego. And then I recently lived in LA last year and I still kept trying to go to San Diego and I was going to go there for Christmas and then my son got sick and I couldn't go. So the universe has not let me go to the San Diego yet.
1: You are cordially invited to San okay. Diego and bring up with you.
0: Great. I'll take you up on that. And so tell me about you and your wine experience or how did you end up in the wine business? <laughs>
1: Do you want the long version or the short version?
0: Oh, we have 25 minutes. You may as well give me oh. a long
1: one. <laughs> well, technically it started March 1998. I went on a blind date to Napa. Mm-hmm. Wow. And As we're in the car, I tell her I do not drink wine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course she rolls her eyes, but what the heck? We go. And I said, Napa's is beautiful. Let's go. So we go. And she took me to a winery called Silver Oak. Yeah, And this this is prior to the fires at at Silver Oak. And this is when you could taste in the barrel room and what they would say to you is what you taste today you cannot buy and what you buy today you cannot taste. Mm -hmm. And it was just a revelation for me Mm -hmm. because it turns out that day, I learned two things. I do like wine. And in order for me to find a wine that I would enjoy, it needed to cost more than $3 a bottle. There you go. And that got me on my wine journey. Oh, very good. Well, hey, yeah, you started in a great place. Yes. You were very lucky. I mean, Napa, even in March 1998, was incredible. And what is this? This is... Um, 25 years later, no, 35 years later. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: I, at this point I'm in Napa once a month.
0: Oh, great. And so did you, were you living at Napa at that time?
1: No, I was actually living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida.
0: And you just happened to be in Napa
1: for a date or. I flew, I flew cross country to go on a date. Wow. In San Francisco. And the next day she took me to Napa.
0: Wow. There you go. That's amazing. Well, at least you landed in the right place, right? And so where else have you been on your wine journey?
1: I have literally been around the world. Mm-hmm. I have been to every one country except for three. I have not been to South Africa. I have not been to New Zealand. And I have not been to Israel. I've even been to the country of Georgia.
0: Oh, very good. Where wine began. And have you been exactly. to Lebanon?
1: No, I haven't been to Lebanon either, but I've had wines literally from around the world and my journey has physically taken me to a lot of places, but I still call California home because that's where I got started. But even when I went to Seattle, I went to Walla Walla, I would drive down to Willamette Valley, but somehow uh, I still gravitate to Napa.
0: Oh, good. And um, so were you selling wine in the beginning or how did you, did, did you work in the wine business or what, what did you do to start?
1: It started out as a wine tasting group with my neighbors when I moved to Seattle. And so there were six of us and it grew and grew and grew. Right. It grew to the point where we would go to a restaurant and have winemaker dinners because I oh, couldn't I like that. fit that many people in my home. hmm And I had a mark, I have a marketing background, Mm -hmm. and I was probably one of the first quote unquote influencers Mm -hmm. because then I started parlaying that and talking to winemakers and say, I have a large group of people that are interested in wine. Would you like to come to my home or would you like to come to a restaurant? And so my first winemaker was from Walla Walla and he ended up being the president of the Walla Walla wine founded, um, society. Mm-hmm. And literally when I would tell people he came, everyone else would want to come. Right. Right.
0: It's kind of, it's kind of the way it works. Right. And then, um, so, well, that's really interesting. So you started out networking with groups. I, I did that a little bit here in Maine and here and there in Boston and this, that and the other, but, um, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people don't, like wine or they don't even know that they like wine and um they just need to taste other things so i always you know i'm a firm believer in those tastings and those groups and the meetings and introducing people and i think that's wonderful and so how did you get to california from seattle
1: so um i had a hundred consecutive days of rain in seattle Mm -hmm. and it was time to go right I, I was, I was in search of sunshine. And mm-hmm. so fast forward, um, that was from 2000 till about 2007 when I moved down to San Diego. And at that point I wanted to do a career change because prior to that, I'd been working in high tech and working marketing and business development. Mm-hmm. And I decided, could I make this into a business Right. and what did it take? So I said, I needed to get certifications so that would give me validation Mm -hmm. i need to get a wine broker's license and i also needed to create a network right absolutely and one step at a time but it has happened i mean literally i leveraged my relationships in napa to broker for a number of different wineries i also um, developed a partnership with a importer who was also a distributor okay. and I ate my way around town mm-hmm. to develop a network of restaurateurs. Oh, good. Wonderful.
0: And and what's the wine scene like in San Diego?
1: It's growing. It's growing. And I, I, I put the, I put people into one of three pockets. Um, you have tourists and tourists who come to California want California wines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have locals, and to a certain extent, um, a lot a lot of people here in San Diego are not from San Diego; they're transplants. And then you have uh, people who are outgoing and adventurous that want to eat out and want to try new foods and try new wines. Um, and the and the restaurant scene has grown since I moved here. There mm-hmm. are a lot a lot more restaurants, uh, a lot more variety, and a higher quality. So that presents an opportunity. Especially when I was
0: looking to go out west, um, I was transferring. So I worked for Southern in Maine, and I was transferring to Southern in uh, California. And I had interviewed with some people in, um, for a role in Long Beach, which is probably... And then I, I kind of looked at San Diego, but there weren't a lot of jobs... There were a lot of Southern reps in San Diego, but they didn't seem to leave. So there wasn't a lot of turnover in terms of roles available with Southern in San Diego, because I I thought I considered it. uh, I just thought, you know, better quality of life for my son and this, that, and the other. And then um, in the end, there was a lot more work in LA. And then I sort of landed that job in Santa Monica. And that's kind of where I wanted to go anyway in the end, but. I will get there one of these days. <laughs> and so uh, tell me about your business, because you have a couple of businesses. You do some, you do events, but then you also do some
1: traveling. Yes. So I am, I guess the best way to describe it, I'm a private concierge mm-hmm. and consultant. So what I do to with consumers, I take them on trips and tours, any wine country you want to go to, whether it's. Walla Walla, Willamette Valley, Napa, Monterey, um, Paso Robles, anywhere, up okay. and down the coast. So uh, Yep. Also bring experiences into people's homes. So, for example, if you have a group of friends, say it's eight of you, but you live in Maine and you don't want to go to Napa, I can bring the Napa experience to you. Okay. You send out and bottles and stuff? I bring all... Basically, they interview me. I interview them, and we try to figure out what makes sense. No two events I do are exactly the same because it's based on the the pocket and the palette of the customer. Of course, but I do a lot of other things because I also do consulting for restaurants. Whether it's to help them develop their wine or it's to train their staff, because you have someone who's independent, unlike using a distributor. Who's going to train you, but train you only on their products? I'm more generic mm-hmm. in terms of helping them, helping their weight staff pair wines with um, menu items. <laughs> and then another exciting thing I'm doing is I'm going to be a wine host on a riverboat cruise this summer. Oh, and where is this cruise? So the cruise is on the Rhone. It's oh, going from okay. Avion to Lyon. Oh, and it's good. July twenty seventh through August third, and then there's two land packages in which I'll be a part of. So the the pre cruise land package is Barcelona, so I am going to have a winemaker dinner with um, a winery in Barcelona, and then the post is three days in Paris. Nice. There you go.
0: Well, that's wonderful, and you have contacts there.
1: I have contacts there, so I through my importer. Um, partner i have contacts in both spain as right. well as in france
0: barcelona is a beautiful city i've been to paris and barcelona and i and hands down barcelona is is the most breathtaking city it really is um but i'm very partial to spain um uh, <laughs> well, well that sounds like fun um so with the boat cruise so you must your contact must have connected you with the boat people or are you are you privately chartering out a boat or is this a cruise that goes out and you are at or bringing your people to it?
1: It's a combination. So I have not charted the entire cruise. And in fact, there's one or two more staterooms still available. Mm-hmm. I have a travel agent partner that I'm working with and the cruise line is AMA Waterways. In fact, we're going to be on the AMA Christina. Oh, okay. Nice.
0: Well, and where can people find out about this?
1: So I there's one of two ways. You mm-hmm. can contact me and my website is kinggroupevents.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my email is james at kinggroupevents.com. Mm-hmm. Or um, what's another way you can, You know what? That's the best way to, to reach me.
0: Sure. Are you on Instagram?
1: I am on Instagram. My Instagram is y- your wine guy, You U R W I N E G U Y, your okay. wine guy. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I always, you know, I, there's a different generation now that just, you know, I, we are on Facebook, but everybody else is on Instagram. So when I went to LA, people would look at your Instagram and they would say, Oh my God, only 200 followers and Pisha turned the other way. And I was
1: like, wow. <laughs> well, I think it's, I, it's definitely generational. It is. So if, if I tell someone I'm on, I'm on Facebook, they go, Oh, you're old.
0: that's what my son says he says it's for old people but he's 10 so there you go um so you know i ask all the people who come on my um my show you know what do you love
1: wow so family is my number one love Uh, but my passions are food wine and travel Mm -hmm. i just love to meet people i'm gonna give you a story so I, I go to a wine spectator event in Las Vegas and you know, you're tasting wines, but more importantly, I'm meeting people. So I meet this winemaker and he, he's extremely knowledgeable and he invites me to come to Napa. One of those, whenever you're in Napa, come see me. hmm And I tell people, never say that, because I will Uh definitely come see you. (laughs) So the next time I'm in Napa, I go to the winery. And I introduce myself to the hostess, and I say, I'm here to see winemaker. And they go, he's not here. I'm like, what do you mean he's not here? I told him I would be here. (laughs) So anyway, as I'm about to leave, because I'm a little disappointed, The hostess says, oh, he just pulled up. There's his truck. So I run to the back to the production facility and I run up to him and I say, hi, I'm here. And like I said, he's a wonderful guy. I I think I surprise him. But he hosts me for a few hours. We taste a number of wines and his wife is with him. And I say, you should come do a winemaker dinner. And he looks at me like, I don't know. And his wife asked me, where do you live? And I say, I live in Seattle. She goes, oh, yes, we should go do the winemaker dinner. Seattle is very much like where I'm originally from. She was from the UK. Okay. So, of course, now he has to come, right? Well, he comes. We do both the winemaker dinner. And I have like 40, 50 people. And then two days later we do what I call potluck gourmet, where everyone has to make a dish and bring a bottle of wine. Oh, exciting. Since that event, he and I have become extremely good friends. Mm-hmm. And he has, he at the time he was an incredible winemaker working for one winery. Well, since then, he's moved on to several different ways and he now does consulting and he has his own winery. And I have learned, so much from him okay. that i can email him ask him any question and he's been instrumental on my wine journey and on my certifications oh, and his wonderful. name is aaron pot
0: oh aaron yes he was our guest last week very good he's a great guy yeah. uh, it's funny how we met we met because he he was consulting with a a winery called blackbird and uh yeah because and so anyhow we were consulting a um, blackbird and then uh, i was applying for to work for a company that was selling blackbird and that's how i found aaron Potts, and we've been Facebook friends all these years and then we had a long chat he is a great guy good friend to know in the wine business so you know wine is great because you're constantly learning you know you never stop learning you know it's like this constant process of you know learning and learning and more and, and then you think you know everything and you turn around and there's something else you didn't know and And I think that's what I like about it is that you're constantly discovering something new, something new is always around the corner.
1: Well, one of the things that I like about it's the variation that different, different vintages will taste differently. I mean, you realize, um, the product of mother nature.
0: Mm -hmm. Or a grape that would grow in France would grow, would, would show an entirely different expression in Argentina or somewhere else. So, you know, it's that kind of that, Stuff as well, I started when I started in the wine business. I was living in Europe, selling Italian wine, and before that, I had worked for a master chef from Alsace. So all of my wine experience came from Europe. I was, you know, I'd worked for a master chef so it was like Alsace in France, and then I went to um, Ireland and and worked for select wines from Italy and traveled to Italy and all that stuff. So I kind of started with the foundation of those two. But my my knowledge of, of California wines has been very not. I mean, I've been out there and I've met winemakers at Wente and. Bridge and different, you know, and Aaron and stuff like that. But I, I actually went to California to learn about California wines and I wasn't there for very long in fairness, probably about six months selling, but, um, I learned a bit, you know, I, I did learn quite a bit in the time I was there. So for what it's worth,
1: Uh, it's, it's been an incredible journey. And basically I've, I've picked up the responsibility to help people along their respective journeys.
0: Good. And then what is your favorite wine, if you could pick
1: one? That's not fair. <laughs> oh, I ask everyone. I know you do, and I'll say whatever bottle is open amongst friends around the table. Right. Because it changes. It changes sure. based on the food. Um, it changes even like vintage to vintage. I, quite frankly, I do not have a favorite. I mean, I have a favorite Appalachian in Napa. Mm-hmm. I, um, and that's Rutherford. So give me anything from Rutherford and I'm happy. Sure. Uh, but I also, I love the travel. I mean, I love wines from France. I love wines from Italy. So that's an unfair question. I I can't answer sure. it. I can't answer And I have many friends in the business. As soon as I mentioned one, I'll, oh, when sure. I hit, Well,
0: what like, did you drink oh, last night? Can I ask you that?
1: I went to a Chianti tasting last night in LA. There you go. Basically, I did the master class. We tasted seven different chiantes. and not to be confused with Chianti Classico. Of course, uh, yeah, different. DMV. And they were all amazing. I mean, I generally don't like as much the entry level fruit forward, but I do like the acidity, and I do like. Oh, and I love blends. I mean, of course. Um, so.
0: You know, it's it's really interesting. There's so many different um, clones of Sangiovese. And so, you know, they all express differently as well. And then in, I want to say, Montepulciano, the clone is Pugnolo Gentile. And I tend to like that clone the best. Like, I prefer wines from Montepulciano than from, um, what's the other one? Montepulciano. And then um, I'm drawing a blank. The other one well, further south in Tuscany. And right. uh, What's that?
1: I said, uh, continue, continue. I
0: Anyhow, mean, nonetheless, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see Sangiovese in different forms, if that makes sense. I really like Morolino, which actually is produced on the coast, um, but Sangiovese in general is not my favorite grape. I mean, I've so I've sold wines from north and Italy the south. I prefer Primitivo and Nero Diaba. and you know that's just me. Everybody's taste is different. Everybody always wants Barolos and Amarones and all these wines, and I'm like, I like the wines from Tuscany. I like the wines from Abruzzo. Um, Campagna, for sure. But for me, it's more Southern Italian wines. They're bigger. They're bigger and bolder. That's what I like. Well,
1: I don't know. What about Super Tuscans? What about yeah. a Brunello? I mean, Sangiovese expressed as a Brunello da Monticino.
0: Brunello, that's, gonna- that's what I was looking for, a Yeah, That's
1: going to be a big wine. It is, so- it's a different
0: clone. So there's so many different clones of Sangiovese within Tuscany. That the one, um, I forget the name of the one that's produced in Brunello. I haven't been there. I've actually been to... Um, Montecino it's a beautiful village on a hill um so any more wine tours for next year or this winter
1: um what do I have going on I'll be in Napa like I said I'm in Napa once a month literally right uh, people reach out to me and they'll go I want to go to Napa because I mean think about it the growth of Napa even though it's geographically it's relatively small small place but if if you've never been there, what are you going to do? Google it and or you're just going to drive up and down 29 and go to right. the places you recognize? What right. I tell people, if that's a wine you can buy in the grocery store at home, why do you want to go there? Right. Now, people say, well, I've only had one variety or one bottle and they make 10 different. Right. And I go I get that. And you're familiar with it. But wouldn't you love to sit down? in the home of a Ventner in their kitchen and taste one.
0: And is that or, what you do? Do you bring people up from different places and bring them there?
1: I do. And I provide unique experiences. So it's not what I call the classic experience where you stand at a tasting bar, have five wines, and they go join the club. Mm-hmm. That's not That's not the experience I cater for. And in fact, if that's what people want, they can go online, they can book it, Sure. However, I do a lot of the behind behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for example, it's eight, you and seven of your friends, you rent an a- Airbnb. Well, I say, how would you like to have a chef come to where you're staying and make and make dinner for you? Right. Or let's go to restaurant X and I'll have a winemaker join us. Sure.
0: That's you know,
1: wonderful. those are the type, those are the type of experience. Or you, would you like to make your own bottle of wine? let's schedule a blending seminar at, at winery X, Y, or Z. Sure. That's wonderful. So, those are the things that when people go home, they talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, those are the, when they open up a bottle of wine and they say, remember last week or last month or last year when we were there?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in wine is stories, you know, stories tell wine, you know, um, or stories sell wine, excuse me. But, you know, when you're sitting down with the winemaker and he's telling the story about how he put this farm together and, you know, he started from here and went there, you know, it's something that's completely memorable. I think it's wonderful. i never knew that there was somebody doing what you do. I've been my first, very first experience in Napa was the wine train. I don't even know if that thing is still going. Is it still going? It does still yeah. go.
1: It goes at least twice a day. You they have wine
0: one way and you have dinner the other way and then you swap right. trains and <laughs> That was my first experience. And my second experience, I lived East Bay and my girlfriend and I showed up in Napa at like noon. So we got to, we went to Coppola and like one other place and, and everyone, no one would let us in because it was like over. So we, we really had to get there early in the morning to do the tasting and we got, we showed up too late. So those are my first two experiences, And then my last experience, I actually was on a wine trip for work and went to wineries and we went to Napa Bowl, which is very cool. You know, and you, you sort of forget it. it's, it's a town where people live with their kids and, you know, <laughs> just like every other town in America. So it's kind of nice to see that side of it as well.
1: And, and even within, you know, Napa is actually multiple towns. You know, you have St. Helena, you have Yonville, you have downtown Napa, and each right. one has its own personality. Of course. Yeah, for sure. So, and so usually when I have a group, I try to build in time where they can just walk the town.
0: There's a really cute little market that we went to too. It's like, um, it's an indoor market, but there was a burger place there on the corner. And that was kind of nice the last day.
1: That's Oxbow. Yeah. Oxbow Market.
0: That's it. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to kind of go and do a little shopping and see the local, you know, what's really happening.
1: And if you're there on the weekends, they have a farmer's market and to get fresh fruit and things like that. Absolutely. So, But Oxbow has a variety of, they have an ice cream place, they have a deli, mm-hmm. they have um, oysters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Literally, you could, if you're there for five days, you could have a different um, culinary experience just in Oxbow. Exactly.
0: Okay, so um, very quickly, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you short, but my my Zoom is telling me we're almost done. So uh, will you tell me what what your song is and why you picked it?
1: So I picked a song called "Slow Wine," right? And although it's it's I don't know, it's a word or an expression for a way to dance, but I just took it to to mean a lot more that we should relax, we should enjoy the moment. You know, we're in a we're in we're in an era of fast food, fast news, everything, and. I think people have forgotten that it's time to slow down and enjoy. Even at home, I have multiple course meals. Right. so I can have multiple wines. Right. Of course. Um, So that's why I picked the song.
0: Oh, good. Well, I like it. And here is your song. Thank you very much, James. Have a great day.
1: Oh, You just made it greater. (laughs) Bye. Thanks. Bye. You know, I remember when we first started this song. Yeah, who me? I'm Dwayne.